Hey everybody, welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing. On today's show, we talk Twitter's new location-based targeting, Apple's Passbook, and Swarm's in-store analytics. Plus, funding news, a resource of the week, and Asif sits down with Roximity's co-founder, Danny Newman. All coming up right now. everybody and welcome to this week in location-based marketing we are at episode number 95 we're recording this live between Asif and I on Saturday night September 15th 2012 my name is Rob Woodbridge from untether.tv and I'm filming this from my usual spot as you can see Parliament buildings behind me over here from Ottawa Ontario Canada but as you can see Asif back on the hotel circuit right that's right yeah, uh, Asif Khan, Location-Based Marketing Association, and live from Denver, Colorado uh, this week. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, uh, just coming off the uh, first of a whole bunch of conferences uh, in uh, in September. So, What was the conference you were at, Asif? Uh, it was called uh, uh, Mobile Engagement in Retail, uh, or, or Retail USA was, was the hashtag if you were uh, tracking it. Um, and as the name implies, it was a conference that was basically uh, made up of uh, various mobile and location-based platform companies, and uh, you know the types of solutions that they had, and that were you know sort of oriented around you know retail and how retailers could better leverage and uh, connect with their their customers, and lots of talk about mobile payments and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it was good. What was the uh, was there any like huge takeaway that you got out of this other than mobile and retail? Uh, oil and water, uh, one disrupting the other, trying to get along, trying to figure out a way to use it, trying to figure out a way not to be showrooming. What was the, what were the big themes that you saw this this year? There, there was certainly a, a ton of discussion about loyalty platforms. Uh, you know, sort of, you know, that that shift away from just the, you know, the the, the one-time traffic deal, uh, an offer, you know, and and towards loyalty uh, platforms. So lots of discussion about that. There was a, a ton of discussion about uh, you know mobile payments. Uh, there was a panel with uh, the head of uh, chief revenue officer for uh, ISIS was on one of the panels. Oh, good timing! Uh, good timing frame, I'm sure. You know, and, and he was getting uh, you know I, I would say, and this was the day after the Apple uh, iPhone five announcement. So obviously, you know, and I moderated the panel, so I, I asked the the blatant question of uh, you know lack of NFC. What does that mean? For you, since your whole solution is based on NFC, and and he put on the brave face and uh, <laughs> said, you know, we're not really worried about it, and I'm like, okay. So anyhow, um, so there's a lot of discussion about that, and um, he was on the panel. Wasn't that the same day or the day before that ISIS, you know, basically announced that they're delaying this whole thing? They don't even have a rollout for this year. I mean, it's big, big news well, this week. Well, I mean, he's still saying that they're rolling out uh, a bunch of pilots in October. But, so, but uh, there was a news article that just came out, like uh, maybe yesterday. Uh, Friday, yeah. that said, uh, no, ISIS is put on the shelf. We're not even. They're not going to do anything this year. Yeah, um, entirely possible. Entirely possible. Right? Wow. I mean, it's yeah. yeah. So anyway, so so it was quite interesting, and um, you know, I, I think uh, I think if you're a retailer in the room, you you certainly got lots of good content. So I mean, was there like the overarching theme is uh, optimism in retail, like uh, renewal, or are they? You know, when you when you're mingling around with a whole bunch of people after this, you know, during the social parts of this conference, is the conversation good or is it bad? Are they are they are they kind of accepting and and embracing or are they concerned at this point? 
No, I, I think there everybody's quite optimistic about you know uh, uh, new ways to engage with customers and drive traffic and uh, you know increase basket size through various mobile and, and location technologies. Yeah. I think the the reservations are the the reservations that you always have, which is what's required to make that happen. Is there a whole bunch of new hardware you know that has to get put in, into stores? You know, what's the cost of that? Who's going to bear that cost? Uh, but there's certainly optimism around what's possible now that wasn't possible before. Um, That's good. You know, and showrooming, you know, came up a couple times, and I think you know people feel that there's lots of ways to combat it. Um, you know, in terms of just creating better experiences in stores. Um, must have been, it must have been a weird time to be there, just simply because. So see, if you're in, you're there, uh, you're there during the the iPhone launch. You're basically there during uh, you know a couple of days after the. Um, uh, the Amazon uh, big announcement around uh, their tablets and and um, so you know when you start to think about the impact that those two companies alone have on the retail industry, it, it, I mean yeah. you're sitting like it, that must just completely disrupt the agenda when when those two announcements happen days before a conference like this. Yeah, I mean it certainly makes for uh, lively you know, talk. Interesting questions and putting a lot of people on the spot on panels. That's for sure. <laughs> I think it's... Uh, you know because they don't they don't have time to process and think about it. They just have to you know react and uh, yeah. So so it's yeah you know I, I, I honestly I, I do feel for uh, for the ISIS uh, for for Ed Busby who was who was on that panel. I mean he, uh, that was a difficult. He, he was he was taking a lot of questions well... from the audience. Uh, um, so. You know, I, I mean, we're going to cover this. We're going to cover. We're not going to cover the iPhone launch, but, but we are going to talk about the the lack of NFC in the iPhone. We're also going to talk about the Apple uh, Passbook, which I think is, um, you know, um, could be a disruptive technology and um, or dis disruptive service if done right and tied in properly. So we're going to talk about that. But I'm I'm so intrigued by the pulse, the feel, the mood of retail when it comes to these things because you know here in Canada we've got Target moving in we've got uh, you know a huge announcement yesterday with uh, you know Nordstrom coming into Canada and these are big players in this in this space and they don't seem to be too afraid about expansion global expansion and and physical space when it comes to uh, to this and, no, not at all yeah so, so. I, you know interesting and, and I know so you're heading off from Colorado you're going to yep. Chicago when T tomorrow night tomorrow morning tomorrow morning so what's in Chicago we're spending like we might as well just talk about you this whole episode. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm heading off to uh, FSMU, the food food service uh, social media universe uh, uh, event. So you know, again, like this week where it was all retail, now now we're going to be talking all the restaurant chains yeah. and quick serve, cat fast casual, uh, you know, uh, companies out there, and you know, looking at that social media usage, looking at location and mobile, and how all that fits together for them, which is different than retail in some respects. I mean, it, yeah. it's it's much more deal oriented than than retail where you know there's less discounting going on in retail than there is uh, in in that world yeah right and it, it's a lot easier to say you know come in here and buy one burrito and get another one for free uh, than it is to you know do that with uh, you know TVs so <laughs> but i would take that deal in a second anybody willing to yeah, offer that so, buy one so, get one uh, free anyways so so that's what i'm doing um, and yeah i think it'll i think it'll be equally uh, you know uh, yeah, vibrant conversation going on. What, what, the good thing about this is that we're going to do uh, episode number 96 next week. We'll be able to follow up and see how the difference between these two industries are. And, and you know, my sense is that it's, it is about footfall. It's about traffic and activity and, and, uh, and, and loyalty so that you eventually you can move away from this whole discount garbage that uh, is going to kill companies, right, when you discount too much. So I love the fact that I get to live vicariously through you and, and you do all the traveling and I just stay 
in my own city. Yeah. Okay. Okay, he says. <laughs> Let's okay. talk about it. For those of you who forgot why we're here, we're here to talk about the most important stories, yeah. the key stories of the past week in the location-based marketing world. We've got a bevy of uh, very, very diverse stories, uh, obviously all centered around location and marketing. And uh, we've got our top five stories. We mentioned one. We're going to talk about uh, Apple and, uh, and NFC and, and, uh, and the uh, and the Passbook. We've got some great other announcements that happened this week. We've also got our product of the week, a company called Roximity that Asif sat down in another Colorado-based company that Asif sat down uh, while he was in Colorado. You might recognize the background, that hotel room. Um, that, that, talking about our product of the week, got a couple of funding stories, our resource of the week, and of course, the witty banter that happens between Asif and I throughout this whole time. Which story will we pick apart? Which story will we both love? You got to sit around and wait. You got to listen to the whole thing to know who that is, know what that is. I do have one favor to ask you very quickly. Go and subscribe to this podcast. If you want it up to date, you want it on your you know, on your device of choice as a, an MP3, or if you like to see our faces, the video file, a high def video file uh, of Asif and I, please go and subscribe to it on iTunes. If you love the podcast, like we're getting some great feedback, um, and I know that you have some feedback that you're going to share with us right before the proximity um, interview, but please, please, please. Give us a give us a rating. Uh, reach out if you'd like to be a part of this podcast. Reach out. We'd love to have you on. We've already had that a couple of times, and there's a backlog now of people that have reached out and my response rate. So we will get you guys on. We will mention you guys. So please, we we'd love to have you guys as subscribers. I, and uh, I think that's it for me put, pitching. What about you, Asif? Anything else? No, that's all I got for now. Let's uh, dive into it. Cover, so, so let's jump in. All right, first story. Uh, here is a company in um, what I would say a in transition. This is a company that is trying to do things, which is, you know, we've, we've chastised companies that don't have a revenue model. Here's a company that didn't have a revenue model, trying to get a revenue model, um, but at the same time, alienating developers and, uh, but doing what they can to make money. And I, I got to respect the fact that they're trying to make money. And here's another example of this. Uh, and, and I think that this company, Twitter, is doing things right when it comes to location-based and stream in-stream advertising. So uh, they have announced their location targeting um, service, I suppose, is what it is ultimately. And, um, you know, for a company like Twitter, uh, they got to make money somehow. And uh, this is uh, this is as close. Uh, this is way better than anything I've seen Facebook do. And I'm th and uh, and I think that they are on the right track, but they're at the same time angering a whole bunch of people. Let's talk about what this thing is. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, tw Twitter's obviously an extremely powerful tool in, t in terms of, uh, you know, the number of people that you can hit, you know, not unlike Facebook in that in that respect, from a marketing perspective. But, uh, but what's been missing is that ability to kind of, you know, segment uh, audiences that you want to target based on geographies. Um, and so if, if you do use their promoted tweets or promoted accounts uh, types of capabilities, those paid services in Twitter to kind of rise above the fold, so to speak, you now have this ability to go and sort of geo-target those and to say, okay, I only want to talk to people in New York City. Or I only want to talk to people in Denver uh, right now, with you know, with as far as this uh, this promoted tweets concerned, um, and and so that's something that just wasn't wasn't available before, and and so giving it that extra level of granularity, you know, from a targeting perspective, I think is is truly powerful. I mean, not every marketer wants to do things, on a, you know, national or international level. Um, you know, and, and by by opening this up, not only does it help those guys that want to just target certain areas with you know you know big brands that want to target 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 certain geographies, 
because maybe they have a, a special going on or a particular product in, in that market that they want to focus on. But by doing this, it also opens up the uh, the possibility for Twitter to you know go after small businesses that want to market, uh, and and maybe those small businesses you know are only you know in in you know really you know really small locations or or one particular city you know that that's all you know they they only care about you know Minneapolis because they only have two locations in Minneapolis they're not you know all over the country so you know those kinds of things I think are really really interesting I think uh, as you said I think it. it for me, it's 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 much more powerful than what Facebook's doing in this area. Facebook in-app advertising is absolutely terrible. They, they they're so far and they're so far away from getting it. Um, whereas Twitter has had a number of years, two years really, in this targeted in this in this paid advertising model to to hone it. And I know that they were doing it so you could you could target a country, but now they're targeting cities. And and I think that that's even better. And in order to get the small business really engaged with this those with one or two locations in a specific postal code or zip code, I think that they have to get down to that granular level. And I think that that, that might happen. Who knows? But uh, I'm, um, I'm a fan of what these guys are doing. Um, I'm a big fan of, of, uh, of them trying new revenue models. They might be killing their development community, but, but they, have to, they have to make money, right? Yeah. No, for sure. And I think this is just a great move for them. Um, you know, I, you know the development issue. We can talk about that one. Yeah. You know all day. I think it's you know uh, it's unfortunate. It's a very, it's a very challenging line to walk for them um, in terms of you know early on. Obviously, lots of people built you know great services on top of Twitter, and now we're seeing so many of those being turned off because you know they're trying to bring it all in house. But you know at the end of the day, you got to make money. If you want to use the service, you know, these are the kinds of things that are going to help them make money. Um, you know, it can't just be about you know empowering other platforms all the time. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a, a definitely a split side. It's growing up, right? And that's what the company's doing. And um, yeah. and just wait till this happens to other platforms out there because it's going to have the same reaction. People are going to have the same reaction, and and who knows where it goes. But but at least they're trying. They're trying to make some money. I can't fault them for making money for trying. And and you know what? I, I really think that 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 Facebook could learn a lot from this. Especially Zuck stood up in at. Um, at a conference last week, um, at TechCrunch Disrupt last week, and said, you, you know, um, our money, most of our money is going to come from mobile. And um, I, I don't know, he's got to be looking up his sleeve because what they're doing right now is terrible, 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 terrible. And um, and they haven't even embraced location at this point. They've just, so who knows where that goes, but good for Twitter. They're, uh, they're better location targeting down to the city. Hopefully we get down to the zip or postal code where then small businesses can can really start to leverage this. And then right. I think that they give a run for their money, uh, give Facebook a run for their money for revenue. I think so. All right, our second story. Um, this is a company called TMP, a uh, placement and uh, employment agency, um, really adding adding a location element to Talent Brew, uh, a service that they're offering. Talk about this, see. This is, you know, is this a relevant service? I'm having a hard time. Yeah, you know, I... I I do like it actually. I think you know if you are in the job market. I mean, TMP is one of those. That, you know, they're a big you know global organization, you know, a, a huge player in sort of the job seeking uh, and, and uh, you know uh, applicant finding business. So, um, you know, one of the big things if you've ever used a you know a recruiting firm to help you find a job is you know one of one of the criteria that you look at when evaluating potential uh, you know careers or companies that you might want to work for is you know uh, the distance that you might have to travel to to get to work from where you live or you know things like that uh, you know commuting times and um, you know and often we we will avoid applying for jobs you know that are just you know 
maybe very attractive, but not you know not convenient for us to get to or things like that. We're not really real, really willing to relocate. And so what Talon Brew has done is they've added a bunch of capabilities into their technology platform that basically gives you that data. So as a as a job seeker, you can you know look at maps. You can see where the, where the office of the uh, the company who has the job uh, is based. You can you can map that distance you know directly through the system from from where you are. You can uh, automatically calculate commuting times based on public transit, uh, trains, uh, you know buses, etc. So they've built all this into this thing to kind of just make it that much easier for the job seeker to kind of say, yeah, this is what I want to go for or not go for. And you've kind of, you know, sort of done a lot of that work instead of trying to guess. And it's the same for, for on the other side, too. I mean, if you're the employer, you know, it, it's a lot easier if you know that people are coming in here that have already gone through that vetting exercise before you get excited about a candidate and, and figure out, well, you know, they're not really willing to, to, to come here because, you know, we're too far for them. They don't want to relocate. So I do like it. All right, our third story. Um, this is uh, this is a, uh, a launch of a product called Swarm. Yeah. Uh, interesting in-store analytics uh, company, um, and obviously this is you know around retail. Um, but uh, walk us through what Swarm is and the benefits of this thing, Asif. Yeah. So Swarm is um, you know I'll say yet another player in the uh, very quickly growing. Uh, in-store analytics, mapping, uh, indoor location type platforms that are leveraging Wi-Fi to provide a lot of uh, very valuable insight to retailers. And this is, this is a subject that came up a lot uh, uh, over the two days of, of the conference that, that, that I just finished up here in Denver. Uh, yeah, with I all can the imagine. You, you know, retailers are always looking for information that can help them understand you know, uh, foot traffic patterns within their stores, um, you know, what, what areas are getting, you know, higher density of, of people. It helps them, you know, if they sell, um, you know, third-party products, it helps them understand, you know, what areas they can charge more for in terms of square footage, uh, in, you know, for, for shelf display uh, versus other areas and things like that. So it's all about planogramming, optimization uh, of, of, you know, square footage and space. Uh, and things like that, and, but also knowing, you know, who's coming to your store, uh, and maybe where they've gone before, uh, and what they're doing when they're there in terms of, you know, are they, sh you know, checking prices and things like that. So, so Swarm's a kind of platform that's trying to put all that together. It leverages Wi-Fi. It does present offers and coupons uh, based on that as well. Um, you know, so if somebody uses the platform to kind of uh, price check something, uh, you know, on Amazon. While they're in a Best Buy store, it'll it'll come up uh, and present them an offer that might be, hey, you know, um, you know, Best Buy is willing to uh, to match that price that you just that you just looked up on Amazon and give you free uh, Geek Squad uh, installation services. You know, those kinds of things that are kind of you know really time sensitive. Uh, you know, based on on a query that they saw coming off of uh, of the platform. So so uh, I like these kinds of things. Yeah, and this this is a obviously a massive trend. We're, we're we're in this spot where there are hundreds of companies playing in this space, right? And growing, uh, you know, whether it's loyalty or whether it's this kind of in in store analytics. Um, so we're in this kind of um, solo mo. Um, I don't e even know what it is. It's kind of like a traffic jam of companies, and I almost get that feeling where we're. we're 
we've got so many companies out there that it's like every neighborhood has a company like this and and it, it just like literally every neighborhood on the planet has a company like this that's how many there are out there that are doing similar things or or there are overlap i mean when does when is there when is there too many of these companies like you know and and this is well, this is an industry that shakes up yeah i mean i, I don't know is the answer to that i mean i think there's you know there's going to be you know a dozen probably big players in this space that that are you know solid uh, you know analytics companies. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you saw uh, you know IBM for example you know starting to play in this. I mean this is the kind of thing that an IBM you know with you know sort of the whole business intelligence cognos side of the uh, yeah. of the equation over there and their retail expertise around point of sale you know starts to sort of snap up a couple of these kinds of companies once they've got some traction and. Kind of you know pull some of, some some of the technology in house and, and start to go out and offer this. So so I think there's going to be a roll up like we saw with all the deal services that Groupon and everybody was buying up. I think we'll see the same thing happen around these sort of in store analytics platforms. But like Asif, there, this isn't new, right? In store analytics, it's not new, and and the retail industry has been you know contrary to popular belief. And you know, as much as I as I push mobile and we push location-based marketing, um, this this you know this is a science. Retail is a science that has been going on since retail was invented, sure. right? And 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 in-store analytics and and you know down to um, the science uh, between flow in a store and what shelf uh, premium products get put on and the cost for being a premium product on those shelves and and you know the impulse buys at the checkout counter and the the way that cash registers are set up and it's all it's all a science. And, and it's done based on analytics, on data that's been put into this for so many years and so many years. And these companies that are experts in this um, are still experts in this. And so it, I always wonder, where where are they? Why do they wait so long to get into this game? Which is which is what these guys, a company like Swarm, is right in there doing. But you're right, I, IBM and all these companies that have spent so much time embedded in retail so far, like it, it shocks me that they're not engaged like this, that they wait so long and then... and um, kind of toy and tease with these guys like Swarm and all these other guys to, to say that, you know what, basically, th that's our industry. We'll take it. Thank you very much. But, but that, I mean, I think that's how every part of the ecosystem works, right? You always have, you know, the, uh, the grassroots, you know, startups that, you know, get out there, you know, sort of get the market moving around a particular, uh, you know, functionality or value uh, piece. And then the big guys come in and say, thanks, Thank thanks for establishing that for us. <laughs> We'll take that now, and um, you know, and, and move it on from there. And, and you know, it's the same with you know the payment stuff. There's all kinds of little guys doing payments things, but at the end of the day, it's still going to be the credit card companies and the carriers and that that are going to run the you know run the show. Um, yeah. You know, uh, and I think that's you know, that's how all of this stuff you know always evolves. And uh, somebody's got to start it. Somebody's got to you know create a bunch of you know startups in this space, and then. You know, some of them will have nice exits, um, and and that's all they want. I mean, for the most part, none of these companies, I don't think, you know, sit there. I don't think a swarm sits there and says, "We're going to be the next IBM." No, uh, uh, you know, that's not going to happen. You know, but you know, we might be the company IBM buys in the next two years. Yeah, it's just it's so uh, you know it's weird because it's not uh, it's not as innovative as as we think it is or as people think it is and and um, because this has been going on for so long we're attacking industry that has uh, has has um, you know has created a, a science out of this and I think that yeah you know big big guys are going to step in here and uh, you know yeah. it, the key for guys like this though is is get out there establish the market you know show value to the retailers in terms of you know this kind of intelligence and when the offers come. 
take them. Yeah. Don't move on and like you know turn down six billion dollars and and then like you know have your stock go in the tank. Um, you know, move on and do the next thing. Yeah. 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 Don't be Yahoo. Uh, don't be Groupon. Take the billions and walk away, would you please? And then start something that's that that you know you truly have a passion about. But you know, I I think that um, this is this is much more. And it, you know, the success of these companies are going to rely solely on the impact of the bottom line of the companies that are implementing this. So if you're not, if they're not converting customers, um, it's one thing to know that they are, cause they are, you know, they're out there checking prices. You know that it's a given. And if you're not, you will be yeah. at some point. And so, everybody's got their little differentiators. Yeah. I mean, these guys are, you know, swarm that is, is basically saying, you know, what, what we're combat, combating here is not just, you know, providing you information and analytics, but providing you a platform to combat showrooming. That's what their their argument right. is here. Yeah. You know, if if we see a query on Amazon for a price while you're standing in Best Buy or you're in Staples or wherever you are, here's how we can empower you to respond to that yeah. on the fly in real time. Yeah. You know, most of the other guys out there that are in this space are strictly analytics platforms. They're not doing any kind of you know, connecting that to yeah. You know, offer uh, systems. So but there it, you go. It's tenuous. Well, I, I I don't have a URL for Swarm. Um, I just have a fast company article. It's Swarm tracks you while you shop, and that's actually a good thing. And uh, so if you want to check it out, just do a Google search for that on fast. Uh, you know, do a fast company uh, Swarm Google search, and you'll find that that article. And uh, it's interesting, I suppose. I, you know, I I um I, I'm waiting for that that big innovation to 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 really change retail and the face of retail or help retail, but I, I'm not seeing it. So maybe I'm just you know a cynic. <laughs> You know, well, you know, usually you are. Yeah, so. exactly. I was going to say. <laughs> nice. <laughs> might be different now. Oh, man. All right. Uh, well, I'm going to jump on to the next story where I'm, I'm uh, a little bit less cynical about this. Uh, this is uh, Apple, obviously. Big announcement this week. This company, this small company out of Cupertino, uh, building a spaceship in the middle of the desert somewhere. Uh, the, the compound, the Apple compound. Um, releasing, obviously, uh, announcing the iPhone 5, uh, the availability of iOS 6 starting uh, September 19th, the iPhone 5 being pushed out September 20th. And part of that was announced, obviously, back way back when iOS 6 was uh, actually pushed out. But this is Passbook. So we've seen a little bit more information about Passbook. And um, I, this is a natural extension, but everybody thought for some reason that NFC would be embedded in the device. It is not. Uh, but I don't think that this curtails the um, the power of what is about to be a pretty insane tool for loyalty and for for Apple itself. So, Passbook, what's what's so significant from your perspective about this release, Asif? Well, I, I think a couple of things. I, I, I think first of all, you know, not having NFC, I think, is from my perspective you know, the, the right move for Apple at this point. I don't think they, you know, they need to go down that route. I think, you know, if you look at it and, and, you, and you, you, if you can consider that iTunes is a payment platform, um, you know, and the millions of people that already are on that payment platform, then, you know, the ability to connect that as a payment vehicle to anything else Apple is doing, Passbook or anything else from that matter, then effectively they've already got it. They don't need you know this you know this tap and go um, type of stuff. You know you can you know effectively do the same kind of thing you would do with PayPal. Uh, I know it's you know, crazy for, for a lot of things. So for me that's you know you know Apple's you know well empowered to go down and kind of make that happen. Um, what I like about Passbook is I, I think potentially this is a game changer for the loyalty business in general. 
you know, they launched this thing this week, um, you know, with, with some big brands already on board, American Airlines, Target, Starbucks, Sephora, uh, Fandango, uh, and, and a number of others uh, were, uh, were involved in this thing. And I think this is a big challenge uh, that's basically been put out there for anybody else who is doing a loyalty, mobile loyalty platform play. Because effectively, if this thing's sitting in your in your device, and you know, I don't know what the market share is right now for Apple today, but you know, it's significant. Um, you know, why do you need to go and have all these other platforms? I mean, it just doesn't make sense anymore. And and if the big brands are going to embrace it, uh, and and it's effectively going to have a payments vehicle connected to it via iTunes, you know, I I think this is uh, this is uh, potentially game changing, and and I, and I think that. You know that that idea that I can manage my all my loyalty programs in 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 one wallet, so to speak, or passbook, or whatever you want to call it, um, and I can um, you know do push notifications connected to that, which I think is the other interesting piece interesting piece in this. You know, you know, I think Apple is 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 moving very heavily in that direction. They um, about a year ago they fi they filed a patent. I think we talked about it on the show actually at one point called beacon beacon based sensing. Um, and it really is that idea of kind of combining GPS uh, uh, location awareness with uh, other sensors in the device and uh, application layer uh, sensing as well. Uh, so effectively, that's what we're talking about in Passbook is the application layer uh, sensing. And so when when you can when you can look at that, and you can say, okay, you know, we see you're you're in Target right now. We have Target is a is a vendor inside of Passbook. And uh, you're in the store right now. We can push you things related to that. But, you know, it becomes so easy for the consumer, right? So easy. And it's really interesting because at the end of the day, Apple's mantra has always been clean, simple, easy, right? I mean, that, like that—that's their whole business. And and this this for me fits directly with that. You know, you know, strategy they've always had. And that's what consumers love about Apple. Yeah, they uh, they do, and uh, you cannot put a price tag on simplicity. You just can't. And and I think that uh, there was an interview that uh, that Phil uh, Phil Schiller, who's the VP um, senior VP at Apple, and he described what the why the passbook. Um, well, first of all, he he described the the reason why they didn't need NFC, which was exactly as you said. Um, you think that it's because. They've already got the iTunes connected, and and that's what he's probably thinking in his head. What he came out and said was, "Look, humans don't want this right now. We don't think that NFC. Nobody knows if NFC is the thing to bet on at this point. We we wanted to make it as simple as possible. We didn't want to have to integrate with uh, point of sale systems. We didn't want to integrate with anything. Um, so th this was the the easiest solution to that. And I think that getting consumers using this tool and using it right away is is uh, and using it every day." Is I think what's going to end up happening, um, and if they ever decide to bring in commerce, it's going to be a natural extension to the commerce uh, piece. Uh, you know, to what they're doing right now. Pardon me. It's going to be a natural extension to that, and it, it is it is simplicity. And what I love about this is, is exactly as you said, is that you're probably as and read the terms. Uh, you know, the EULA for this thing, because what you're probably giving up when you say, yeah, I accept this. Uh, to use the software is you're probably giving up your location as a de facto and so yes. and they can use that in any way that they want to and I look at what uh, you know the um, not such a great success that iAds was and how do the how does that in, incorporate into into this now that they've got your location they've got the ability to push you stuff 
because it's it is location based you walk into you know the airport and your ticket appears and when you're not in the airport it, it's not there it, it's out of out of sight out of mind and when you walk into a store a coupon appears that you you've uh, put into your uh, into your yeah. passbook um so how does iads play into this and how does that location play into this and, and what kind of permissions are you giving up and and i think this is a very powerful tool and hooking up the the commerce side once they've got everybody yeah. using it not hard yeah and the other thing i really like about this is and i think you sort of just touched on it is that that whole idea of sort of passive location share yeah right not the active check-in anymore a foursquare or any of that kind of stuff is if you're using passbook you know effectively you're saying you're broadcasting it's here my location yep. all the time yep. but but what's going to make it work is everything that's in my passbook is something that I care about or, or want because you know it's my airline tickets it's my loyalty programs I already subscribe to it's 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 all those things right and we, as as I've said a gazillion times on this show and on every panel I ever talked to is you know, the willingness of somebody to share their location is always going to be you know predicated on an exchange of value and relevance yeah. and that's what we're talking about here we're talking about value and relevance sitting in the passbook. Uh, which means that I'm willing to, you know, passively share my location all the time. All the time. Basically, this is the Beacon product, right? This yes. is it. Like absolutely, 100%. You, you are you are telling people where you are. You are, and it's not even you're not even telling them. Uh, this is location as dial tone at, at its extreme. You're going to walk yep. into a mall, and your the coupons that are relevant to that mall that you put into your passbook will appear. And yeah. and and again, this isn't this is not. I'm sharing my location with no. other people so they can know where I am. No. This is. My location is just sitting there. You always know where it is, and you're presenting me with things that are valuable and relevant to me, yep. based on everything that I've got, in, you know, defined in my passport of stuff I want. So, I mean, so let me ask you it's, this: It's going to work. It's 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 fantastic. But Asif, um, what what's the play here for Apple, right? Because this is an interesting service, but you know, in the end, it, it's got to be either deeper engagement with their customer base, which is their user base. Or it's got to generate revenue, or it's got to augment an existing product, right? So the fact that I'm taking a coupon and I'm putting it into, or I'm taking my airline ticket or a ticket of any sort and I'm putting it into uh, Passbook, what does that do? Like, where's the play here for Apple? Do you think is it is it that when they enable commerce, they'll take that 30% cut of the transaction at that point, or is it uh, an iAds play like I think it might be, um, or is it is it um, is it a combination of those things? Is it getting into coupons because Apple doesn't do these things just for the joy no. of doing these things? There's got to be a revenue piece to this. Yeah, I mean, obviously none of us know the answer to that question, but somebody you know, does. I, somebody out there does. If I speculate on it. I, I would say it, it's it's less a commerce play and more a an iAds play. Okay. Um, you know, I think that's where the bigger opportunity is for them is you know that constant awareness of, of somebody's location mm -hmm. uh, and the ability to tie relevant advertising to that. Right. Um, it's owning the user know, data. So based on uh, you know on on the types of things that you've already defined in your passport. So the combination of those things is is, is extremely powerful. So this is all about loyalty. And, and it's kind of like a live version of their defunct service ping, right? So instead of just liking music yeah. and making uh, recommendations, this is a, this is a, a termination point for all of the things that you've ever liked or every store that you've ever been in or everything that you've purchased or tagged in your passbook and, and making recommendations based on that. Now, that is, that is insanely powerful, especially on a yeah. device, uh, you know, on an operating system that ultimately will... 
you know, the upgrade path for for iOS is insane compared to Android, right? It's like, you know, you know, it's something, what is that? Like 85 or 86% of eligible devices get upgraded within 24 or 48 hours, right? It's yep. just insane. So uh, essentially, you, you probably got 125 to 150 million devices out there that are going to be iOS 6 and uh, and Passbook compatible um, right away. And that, that stream of data uh, turns iAds on. And I think that this is... <laughs> It's pretty big. And if I was anybody, as you said, if I was anybody in this loyalty business, I'd be like, oh, God, damn, Twitter. Yeah. I was a developer for Twitter. I built this app for Twitter. And I, oh, and then I went into loyalty. Oh, damn, I'm done. I'm going to get a job at the government. <laughs> All right. So, I mean, big, yeah. big news. And, and uh, we're not we're going to see how this rolls out. I mean, um, you know, anybody who's watching this, the iPhone comes out this week, this coming week. Um, and it would be interesting. We'll, you know, we'll, we've got to do a follow up and see how the uh, the take up of this and the impact of this. But you heard it here. The prediction is that this is absolutely a loyalty commerce. I had um, pervasive location always on, uh, you know, passive location um, push. That is going to be a pretty powerful uh, application for for Apple. All right, sweet. That was like the ninety minute segment. All right, our last piece here, and we, we have to we have to give Rip his time here because uh, Rip Gerber's uh, company uh, Locade launched. Uh, you know, it seems to be a theme here. Launched a an IP um, a deeper IP location service, and um, you know we talked about this a little bit before. How is this different than something like uh, Swarm? So for anybody who's confused about there, uh, first of all. Uh, Locate does what and why is this, you know, why, how is this different than Swarm? Well, I, I mean, I think it, it's quite different than Swarm. I mean, we're not talking about a, a platform that retailers, you know, can just, you know, plug in and kind of you know, use, uh, you know, information to uh, combat showrooming. That's not what what we're talking about here. What we're talking about is is a is a location as a service platform. That's, that, that's the business Locate's in. Um, and now this IP location piece is, is is interesting because what they're doing is is they're tracking any internet connected device um, you know at the IP level uh, anonymously so that they don't know who you are they don't know you know that that's Rob's phone um, you know that we're tracking right now but they know the IP address it's not unlike you know tracking cookies online or anything you know things like that um, and they're providing this as a as a platform that developers, app developers, can basically bake into, you know, whatever apps that they're building. So this is a OEM type of model, you know, SDK kind of uh, scenario that we're talking about here, uh, you know, which obviously is quite different than what Swarm's talking about. But but we're talking about adding real time, you know, uh, IP location lookup information to any app uh, out in the marketplace. And these guys, I mean, Locate is a uh, phenomenal player in this space. Um, they, they're doing great work uh, around this, and uh, yeah. So you know, I, I think this is this is valuable stuff if you're an app developer. And if you get in touch with these guys, you know, reach out to Rip uh, Rip Gerber, their uh, their CEO. I mean, he's he's a phenomenal guy, super knowledgeable in this space as well, and uh, always willing to uh, to share with people, you know, uh, around the possibilities of of what you can do with this. So, great company. Yeah, definitely great company. So, uh, locate loc-aid.com. All right, those are the top five stories. Those are it. You can, you can see, you see the variety of stories. We talk about Twitter. We talk about Apple. We got Talent Brew from uh, TMP, uh, launch of Swarm, and we've got Locate news. I love it. I love it. Very, uh, very much like you know, this is a this is a U.S. focused comp episode, I'd say, for the news. Yes. So if your news is not in there and you wish it was, just reach out on tether at gmail.com or cf at the lbma.com and we will include it. No news story is too small 
coming from you, the fine listener or fine viewer. So you're in uh, Colorado. You bump into a guy who knows a guy who knows you. How does this go? He likes watching our episode. Not 15 minutes later, you're actually uh, recording an interview with him. Something like that. Is that how it went down? Yeah, pretty much something like that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, this uh, this was really interesting. So, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I show up to speak at the conference. Uh, I get a tweet, actually, from this guy uh, named uh, uh, Danny Newman, or uh, Daniel Newman, but he goes by Danny, uh, who's the uh, founder and, uh, and uh, CEO of Roximity, which is here in, uh, in Denver. And uh, I, get, I get a tweet, um, and I'm sitting in the room, and I'm sort of watching the, the Twitter stream. I see this thing coming, in, and the guy says, yeah, looking forward to finally, finally meeting you in person or something like that. And uh, next thing I know, I uh, track the guy down. And he's like, yeah, what, we, I watch the show every week. Uh, you know, we're big fans of it at Roximity. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's just great when you, when, when you can actually physically meet the people that, uh, you know, that, uh, that are uh, interested in the space and, uh, you know, following us. So, so we appreciate that. Um, and, uh, you know, Danny gave a fantastic keynote presentation on Roximity. And you'll hear more about that right now because uh, I had a chance to sit down with him after the conference and uh, get him to kind of do a quick little interview to share with us and share with the audience uh, of This Week in Location-Based Marketing what they're all about, what they're doing. And it's really exciting what they're doing. So here it is. It's a roll. Well, uh, it's time for uh, our special guest again. And this week, uh, it's my privilege to uh, welcome Danny Newman, founder and CEO of Roximity. Uh, really, really excited to have Danny on the show uh, this week because, uh, first of all, I'm in Denver uh, while I'm doing this. Danny's company is based in Denver. We actually got to meet up in person uh, at the uh, Mobile Engagement and Retail Conference this week, and um, and he watches the show every week. So it's, it's great when we get to actually meet people who watch the show. So, Danny, welcome to uh, This Week in Location-Based Marketing. Thank, Thank you, you very much for having me. me. Yeah, it's awesome, um, and I love I love that uh, you know you're uh, you're a regular viewer and kind of you know out there and, and and all that, and that's that's awesome because we love connecting with uh, with the audience. Uh, Robin, uh, you know we love we love getting comments and feedback and you know tweets and uh, you know and just meeting up with people is awesome for me. So why don't we jump right into it? You know, tell tell the audience a little bit about you know Roximity. What are you guys all about? You know, what do you do? Who is, who are you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, uh, Roximity, it's a location-based ad platform. Uh, we deliver contextual, timely offers and deals to users uh, based on their uh, location history, their purchase history, time of day, um, and take in a bunch of other signals like weather, traffic, things like that, and deliver uh, deliver these these messaging uh, this messaging to mobile devices and to uh, infotainment system inside of cars. Yeah, and I mean, I got, I got to see you give a, a presentation earlier today, and I mean, for me, that's that's the the really exciting part is, is you know we hear a lot about you know sort of the mobile device, you know, the smartphones and, and and delivering deals and offers, you know, based on on that, you know, from a location perspective. But we're not hearing as much. I mean, there obviously Navtech's got Location Point, and there's some other platforms out there, but there there hasn't been a lot of traction yet in the integration of location-based content and offers. In, into in-car navigation systems. So, you know, was there a particular gap or problem that you saw in the industry that you were, you know, you said, you know, this has to be solved and Roximity is a company to do it or, you know, what, what was the issue? 
Yeah, at, at a at a um, kind of a big scale, that's definitely what we saw. So uh, you know, kind of delivering this kind of one-on-one uh, -on -one kind of sniper approach to, to mobile marketing rather than uh, kind of broad-based uh, deliver the same message to a, a big group of people. So that kind of at its core is is what we're all about. The uh, um, the car integration actually happened fairly happenstance. We were at the TechCrunch Disrupt Hackathon last year, ended up winning that, and the, uh, the, the grand prize there was to integrate with Ford Sync and uh, launch with them at CES uh, um, in January of this year. Uh, so that is kind of our, our how we got uh, kind of into the auto world, um, but in that little three-month gap between uh, September and January, we actually uh, made a lot of deals and connections with all the other automakers and uh, just jumped right into that whole world. That's fantastic. So, I mean, if we could roll the clock forward now and kind of look at, you know, sort of maybe two, three years, because, you know, obviously, you know, 10 years is, is, is a pipe dream for anybody, but, you know, maybe in the next kind of 24 months, 36 months at, at most, you know, where do you see that evolving to, like the in-car navigation experience and how that, you know, connects with, with um, you know, coupons, deals, offers, content of various sorts? I mean, and does it stay in the, in the current screen that, that's in the car or does it, does it move into the windshield or something else? I mean, where, where do you see that going? Yeah, interesting question for sure. I think that, uh, I think everything uh, is going to evolve towards being more contextual, more time-based, more kind of predictive what your next actions seem to be. Um, at, that's definitely the direction we're, we want to go. Um, and I think industry as a whole, I think that's how content is going to really start to be delivered. Um, as far as display, we actually saw some really interesting stuff from a bunch of companies at CES this year, kind of the uh, um, minority report moving around of, of stuff in the uh, in the windshield and, and uh, kind of a, from a display in the center console over behind the steering wheel, all, all, all sorts of interesting uh, um, human-machine interfaces like that for sure. Um, and, and I think it's just going to continue down that path. Um, as we get more and more uh, kind of autonomous and self-driving cars as well, obviously you're going to have to keep yourself entertained. So sure. the whole thing becomes... Uh, and, and, and sort is, of is voice king in, in the car, or do we see gesture technology coming in there as well? Yeah, right now we're we're very uh, uh, voice centric. Um, we do have uh, dials and knobs and menuing type systems within the infotainment systems, uh, but predominantly it's a it's a very voice driven system. I think uh, uh, gesture recognition will be uh, a piece of that, and definitely some of the automakers have have uh, displayed and shown off some of that technology at some of the auto shows and things like that. So that'll probably be uh, a little bit further down the road, but definitely it's coming too. Excellent. Well, I really appreciate you uh, taking the time to kind of come on the show and, and share with us. Uh, again, for, for the uh, viewers and listeners out there, we've been sitting down today with Danny Newman, founder and CEO of Roximity. Danny, thanks so much for your time uh, and for coming on, on location this week in Location Based Market. It's stoked to be here. Thank you so much. Watch it every week. Excellent. Take care. Cool. Thank you. All right. So that was uh, Danny Newman from Roximity. Uh, thanks again to Danny. Uh, you know, and, and that whole space of sort of in in car navigation and connecting that up to deals and offers. Uh, you know, I think there, there's a lot of uh, growth yet to come in, in that area. You know, it's not only the smartphone we carry in our pocket. You know, everything effectively is is a mobile uh, connected device in some respects, especially the car. So yeah, lot, lots of growth uh, in that. Um, so, so thanks to Danny. It is. It's a big battle. That space is a huge battle. So uh, yeah, thank you, Danny. And I love the story.
Like that that interview came up just basically from 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 one tweet. There you go. Be cool. The power of Twitter. Power of Twitter. Also, the power of ninety-five episodes of this week in location-based marketing. Ninety-five episodes, man. Wow. I, was I know. Afraid. I'm feeling old. I know. Ninety-five. Ninety-five. You know, the average podcast like this, the average video cast, doesn't even get up past uh, past ten. Ten episodes is the litmus test for a lot of wow. people. And seven, I think, is the average number of episodes that fail. Ninety-five. It's a whole bunch right. of times seven. You know what I'm saying? Well, you know, we're, we, we love doing it and uh, we're going to keep doing it. So we yeah, are. We are. We go. So we got some funding stories to talk about. Let's bring them on. We got uh, two funding stories worth a total of $19 million. The first one, Edo Interactive closes a large round of $15 million. $15 million. I think they need yeah, to spend some on this, us. This is, uh, you know, this is, uh, you know, a company we've talked about on the show before, actually. Uh, you know, interactive, um, Chicago-based uh, company. Uh, so, fifteen million coming from Vantage Point Capital Partners uh, and Baird Venture Partners uh, are also involved in this. So, Edo, as I said, is based in Chicago. I think they have some operations in uh, in Nashville as well. Um, it's it's a deal uh, coupon delivery platform that's connected to credit cards and and, and debit cards. Um, so it's sort of that you know online offline uh, affiliate um, kind of program loyalty type of, of platform, the kind of thing that a lot of retailers this week at the conference were talking about. So you know I, I can see why Edo's uh, you know sort of growing in this space and, and and wants to raise capital because this this is a hot thing right now. This you know solving and, and streamlining that redemption process you know around mobile uh, couponing and offers you know by connecting them to credit cards and and just having the thing you know the offer come off on swipe of card um you know or or you know after the fact on your uh, on your credit card billing statement you know those things just make it easier for the consumer and that's the kind of business that that Edo is kind of facilitating so 50 million bucks to uh, help them do it better and faster and more there you go so uh, Edo Interactive Edo Interactive exactly as it sounds edointeractive.com go and check them out um and uh yeah 15 million dollars small team too which is very cool small team and uh and it would be great you know if they need some resources to reach out to those folks that are interested in the location-based marketing world hey there's a podcast that does that right here called this week in location-based marketing. We go. yeah happy happy to promote it for you guys happy too. happy second uh second funding uh this company called Soch s-o-s-h closed a smaller round but still, nonetheless, four million dollars is enough, and this is a tiny. This is a really small team, um, but they're called the uh, they called San Francisco's favorite hipster. Uh, they raise uh, four million dollars. Yeah, this is an interesting uh, app. I mean, obviously, you know, I don't live in San Francisco and haven't had a chance to play around with this thing, but it, it's basically an app that, as I understand it, kind of you know pulls together, curates you know, all the interesting, cool things that are going on uh, around you in San Francisco. Um, that, you know that uh, you know that cool hipster crowd might might be uh, you know kind of you know wanting to get involved with. Um, they've got uh, apparently 500 activities, places, venues, and things you know uh, kind of stored in the system. So it's a bit of a social discovery type of platform, but focused on a particular demographic. Um, so four million bucks coming from Battery Ventures, so big big players uh, uh, getting involved in this kind of thing. Um, they are looking at taking this to New York as well. I understand. Uh, but for the moment, it's strictly San Francisco. 
And so this is uh, this is just a straight up app. And, and uh, if you go to soch.com, S-O-S-H.com, you will uh, find out. Yeah, this is one of those things. You know, they're very honest about this. They say, listen, this is we're not really able to scale this. Um, I don't know how you how you really scale um, a company like this other than adding people, adding resources and, and, and growing it. But, um, you know, San Francisco, one one city, four million dollars. I guess there's something of value in here. Yeah, um, you know, and there's a lot of pedigree here. I mean, Battery Ventures putting in this four million. They had previously raised a million bucks, you know, from a, a bunch of uh, individual investors and, and some, you know, but Sequoia Capital, Red Point Ventures, Big. Keith uh, Keith Rabwa, uh, who's uh, one of the founders of uh, of Square. Yep. Um, you know, so so there's a lot of interesting uh, people that are getting behind this thing. So, uh, you know, I always like to see that. You know, uh, when you see when you see a little company like this. Um, it's focused on a, on a niche, but you know, big, big uh, money and pedigree behind it. Yeah, yeah, they they see something there, obviously. Um, and uh, so go to Sosh S O S H dot com. They raise four million dollars. So Edo Interactive closes fifteen, and Sosh dot com closes four million dollars. Sweet, 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 sweet. Uh, if we missed your funding out there, it's your fault entirely, one hundred percent your fault. Reach out. Let us know that you've raised a little bit of money, and we will include it. Right there, right, right next to Soch, right after Soch, right between Edo and Soch. We could have done that. There's a lot of letters in there. We could have put some more companies in there. So reach out on tethergmail.com or see at the lbma.com. And we come to that great moment, a resource of the week. You've highlighted an article about how to use location-based information to maximize direct marketing. This is like uh, SEO, SEM. This is the best title ever for exactly that. Uh, does the article live up to its expectations? And, and uh, uh, this is an interesting play because look who actually uh, put this out. Uh, this is DMTI. Yeah, th I really, really like this move by them. Um, you know, obviously, we, we've talked about DMTI before. We've had DMTI uh, on the show, uh, you know, way back in the early days, uh, uh, you know, of, 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 the, uh, of the podcast. But... Yeah, this is in Direct Marketing uh, Magazine uh, up, up in Canada, where uh, where we both are. How to use location-based information to maximize direct marketing campaigns, uh, written by John Fisher, uh, DMTI's uh, uh, CEO. And, 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 and this is a big space. I mean, you know, that whole direct marketing area, that whole sort of print uh, space, and, and the ability to sort of leverage real-time location data, leverage, you know, better targeting and location intelligence information, and how that gets layered into things, uh, you know, this is an area that's relatively untapped. I would say, you know, that relationship between sort of print marketing and uh, and location-based services. You know, you know, if you think about it, you know, even think about things like, um, you know, I'll just make up something on the fly here. But 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 let's say you've got, you know, there's there's a roofing company that's working on a, you know, putting on a new roof on a house uh, on your street, and, and they're gonna they're gonna be out there for a couple of days, uh, you know, sort of working on this thing. And, um, you know, because they're out there, uh, from a location perspective, it's interesting if all of a sudden you can uh, generate a direct mail piece that, uh, you, know, you know, blankets the other houses in the neighborhood that because the guys are already out there, they can easily, you know, kind of just move on over and, and hit you up. I mean, that's the kind of power of location intelligence information as, as how it corresponds to direct marketing. And, that, and that's what the, the article is kind of alluding to so great little piece there we'll put it up on the research uh, page of the lbma's uh, site as well you can so you can go and download it from there um yeah but uh thanks to uh dmti and john fisher for uh 
getting that out there. It's kind of like the the guy who uh, the 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 student or the kid who walks around with a shovel in his hand or a, uh, a rake in his hand when he's he's already yeah. raking or shoveling the neighbors. So why don't you just go out and let him shovel yours? He'll knock on your door and do the same thing, right? And I I, I like this. And exactly. What do you think? I mean, we talked about newspapers last uh, last week about an acquisition around. Um, loyalty in newspapers uh, done by the USA Today's uh, parent company. And you think, how, how, do they, how does this play? Like this kind of stuff is what they should be engaged in, shouldn't they be? Because it's hyper-local, hyper-hyper-local. Sure. I think any any business that's, you know, whether whether we're talking about roofing or plumbing companies or real estate, uh, you know, uh, agents, yeah. car de- local car dealerships, all those kinds of things, you know, is where this kind of thing fits. You know, and it just it reminded me, you know, another company who's, you know, on the more on the delivery side of this and connecting this to print itself uh, is a company called um, Capture. They're uh, out of uh, London, Ontario area. Um, and, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're a company that, you know, you, you should look at in terms of, you know, not so much the, the data side that, you know, DMTI is providing, but the execution side of how you correlate that data and, and then push out a direct mail piece on the fly. Um, you know, so, so, so I think there's a lot of power in this kind of stuff. So, uh, so there you go. Great resource. Incredible. So if, if you're interested in that, uh, there's a link up here, but if you go, um, there's a link up where we've written this up on untether.tv. If, if you are not there, just go to, uh, uh, the lbma.com slash research. There'll be a link to the, uh, direct marketing piece, how to use location-based information to maximize direct marketing campaigns. And yeah, this is, Bridge, bridging that print and digital side and um, to maximize uh, to maximize revenue, I think is the most important thing. And anybody can play in this space if it's done properly. It doesn't you don't have to be a national organization. You don't have to be international. You can be hyper local. You can be just working on one block. And I think that that's very effective. Very cool. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, I think that's it. We killed episode number ninety five. Number ninety five done. Slam down. Boom. I like that. I like that. Asif is traveling uh, for a couple more days this week in in Chicago, obviously, as we said at the top. And we will be back next week for episode number 96. Uh, We really appreciate the fact that you guys are sticking around. We love the fact that we're getting such great feedback. We're getting more and more of it. It's like a steamroll. We love it. We love it. It fuels us, strokes our egos a little bit. But certainly it's because the value that these stories bring to you is relevant to your business every single day. And we bring it to you for 95 consecutive weeks. We'd love some more. Anything that you guys want to hear on this, any more information, any less information, reach out. Please, you know the email addresses. You know how to reach us by now for sure. Yeah. And if this is your first yeah, episode, first thank you. Is, you know, the other thing too is, is just like this week, uh, you know, if anybody's going to uh, FSMU in Chicago, you know, and, you know, and you watch this show, I'm going to be there. You know, feel free to kind of come up and, and talk to me and introduce yourself. And, uh, you know, we'd love to... Uh, you know, kind of just connect with the people who who are who are actually watching this thing. So we love that feedback, and uh, Rob and I, uh, you know, that that that's the uh, that's what keeps us going week after week. So. It certainly is. It certainly is on a Saturday night, nonetheless. All right, Asif, a man, safe travels. Uh, enjoy Chicago, uh, best city on the planet. I went there. Uh, you know, every time I can go see Bruce Springsteen in Chicago, I do simply because it's one of the greatest audiences. It's the greatest city. I love Chicago. It's up there with New York for me. Um, enjoy educating the restaurant industry on this great thing, social and location, solo mo. And for those of you guys who are still listening, still watching, thank you for doing so. Hit us up anywhere you can. We would love to hear from you. And uh, we'll see you next week for episode number 96 of This Week in Location-Based Marketing. Later. Cheers.